Well, hello, Grace family. I've got a question for you. What do you want 2021 to be about? Like in your life, what do you want it to be about for you? And I don't just mean like resolutions. That's easy. We always say that I'm going to, you know, I don't know, lose weight. I'm going to work out more. I'm going to read more, whatever it is. Like we always make these resolutions. And of course, they all fall apart by like February because it's the darkest winter and we lose all hope and whatever. What is 2021 going to be about for you though? Because it's bigger than just making a few decisions at the beginning of the year. I think there's an opportunity for us, if we're willing to think about it, to really shape the course of a year. There's a, a YouTuber that I watch who, uh, his name's CCP Gray, or at least that's his YouTube name, and he has this way of thinking about New Year's resolutions where he says, don't, don't make goals for yourself, make themes themes for yourself, which is kind of an inter interesting uh, thing. You can look it up if you want, but he talks about like, rather than saying, I'm going to read 20 books this year, just say, this is going to be the year of reading or the spring of reading. Make it a theme, and then no matter what you're doing, if you're contributing to that theme, you're being successful. I love that idea. And it's got me thinking, what do I want the theme of this year, of 2021, to be about for me? And broadly, what do I want 2021 to be, what, what theme is it going to be about for Grace Church? And the thing that seems pretty apparent to me is that both of those themes are the same in my heart. And it's the theme of focusing on what really matters. I'm sure you're probably feeling something similar. After 2020, it was a rough year. We all went through a whole bunch of different unexpected circumstances. 2021, it's not like there's some magic light switch that got flipped that everything's all of a sudden great. We have a chance, though, to know what we know about last year, to make decisions about pouring ourselves into what really matters. That's what I want to be the theme of this year, focusing on the relationships that really matter, spending my money on things that really matter, uh, spending my time doing things that really matter. And I want the same thing for grace. I want us to focus on what really matters. And I hope you do too. So to begin a year of what really matters, we are going to do something that I think really matters. We are going to study the Bible together. Now, of course, we're doing that. We're a church. Yeah, 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 I know. But we have a thing here at Grace that we call BYOB, Bring Your Own Bible. At first, it was like a tongue-in-cheek title for a sermon series a couple years ago, but then it stuck. And so now we just have BYOB series where it's not just about you know, hearing sermons about different parts of the Bible. It's actually about digging in together and trying to understand what was really going on so that we can study the Bible on our own. Because, and I've said this before, at Grace, we believe that the Bible, it, it, it's a doorway to your best possible life in Jesus. And so we want to help you open that door. So that's what we're going to do this month. We are going to study the book of Philippians. But because I want us to do this uh, as a church family, I want us to do this together and not just rely on some sermons, we are going to do something a little bit unique. We are going to study the book as a church together. We're all going to read uh, different parts of the book of Philippians together, and it's going to be really cool, really fun. Maybe I'm saying that because I'm a nerd, but I think it's going to be great. We are going to be uh, having a different assignments for you each week. So there'll be three reading assignments each week that you can read and then that'll prepare you for the message that you hear on the weekends. If you're not the reading type and you'd like to listen or watch, uh, Pastor Tim Ayers, our teaching pastor, has three videos each week that are going to be him giving some behind the scenes kind of information about a passage and then he will read that assigned passage for the day. So that's an option. If you don't really want to read, you can listen. Um, but, but regardless, my challenge to you, to all of us, is that we would <clears throat> study this book together. 
On, uh, online, I know that we're going to have opportunities for you to connect. First of all, we're going to pr be providing some discussion questions for you. One of the coolest things that came out of 2020 were the number of people who told me that having virtual services suddenly uh, got their family or their friends to start watching together and, and listening together and, and then discussing it afterwards. And how cool is that? Uh, and so we're going to have discussion questions for you. We're also launching a BYOB Facebook group. And it's, uh, we, we had a Facebook group for our Christmas series and hundreds of you guys were on there engaging. It was a blast. We're going to do that again. So this whole month, you can get on there. You can share what you're learning from Philippians, what you're wondering about, the questions you have. And, and we'll, we'll be kind of providing some prompts and ways for you to connect and, and engage with one another. Also, towards the end of the series, I'm going to be doing another uh, Facebook Live Q&A. So there's going to be a place for you to submit questions that come up throughout the month. And I'll also do some live, uh, live questions and answers too at that event. Now, I don't have a date for that yet, so that's TBD, but we'll get that info to you soon. Also, this has nothing to do with the Bible necessarily, but everything to do with connecting. But I'm going to be doing Twitch streaming again. For those of you who are interested, uh, Twitch streaming every Wednesday at 5 p.m. It's just Barry Rod is my Twitch handle. So if you want to watch me play video games for whatever reason, I don't know why people want to do that, we'll do that and we'll hang out together and I think it's going to be really fun. So that's happening as well. Um, am I forgetting anything? No, that's it. So let's dive in. Let's talk about Philippians. And I think a really reasonable question to ask is why Philippians? Why this particular book? I think the answer goes back to what I was saying earlier about what really matters. As we're going to see in this book to the church in Philippi, Paul, the Apostle Paul, I'll explain in a moment who he is, but he, um, he is really trying to make sure that this church that he loves dearly is focused on what really matters, on loving one another well in the middle of a, a time that was becoming a little bit more difficult for them and that they would focus on growing in their knowledge and their understanding of Jesus, that they wouldn't see their faith as a, uh, you know, a, a ending point, but they would see it as the beginning point of a journey, of a journey with Jesus. So he's encouraging them to focus on what really matters, to love each other well, and to let that be represented in the way that they act towards one another and towards their world. So that's why we're going to look at Philippians, because frankly, we need those same reminders, don't we? We need reminders to love one another well. We need reminders to, uh, to continue growing and focusing on what really matters uh, in, in our lives. So let me talk a little bit, and I'm excited about this, I'm very excited, about the background of the book of Philippians. We always talk about what's called the world behind the text. The world behind the text, uh, you know, we, we read our Bibles in English, written 2,000 years after they were originally written, but what was actually happening in the world? Who wrote it? Why did they write it? Who did they write it to? And, and what are the cultural realities that bring that letter or that book to life? So let's get into that. The letter of Philippians was written by someone named the Apostle Paul. I won't give his whole story, but suffice it to say, he used to hate Christians. He would persecute Christians. He was trying to get Christians thrown in jail and even killed. But then he had an encounter where he met the risen Jesus and it changed everything. And so Paul, he ended up being instrumental in bringing the gospel, the good news of Jesus, outside of just Jerusalem and Israel, he began to take that gospel to the Gentiles, those, those who are not Jewish, out in the rest of the world. In fact, I did a map that I want to show you, so bear with me. I'm about to get real nerdy here. As you can see, this is a photorealistic map. This is not actually a satellite image. This is a, something I drew. Um, <laughs> I'm just joking. It's awful. But whatever, you get the sense. So here, here's, let me explain what this all is. This is Italy over here. This is the Mediterranean Sea, right? Here's Greece and, and Macedonia. And then over here is what was called Asia Minor, 
aka what we would call today Turkey. Now Paul, uh, when he was going around planting churches and starting uh, all of this stuff about, oh I'm looking right here aren't I? I'll look over here. Hey, hi guys. Uh, Look at me, I'm learning how to be a a broadcast uh, nerd uh, teacher here. So when Paul was planting churches, he spent a lot of his time uh, planting churches over here in what we call today Turkey. Uh, and there are areas here that you'd, rec- you'd probably recognize if you looked at some of the names of the letters that he wrote. He wrote them to churches that he had started here. Like for example, uh, here-ish is Ephesus. Remember the book of Ephesians? Um, yeah, Ephesus. So is that spelled right? Who knows? Uh, I'll keep going. Right over here, this is Colossae, the Colossians. This whole area right here was called the region of Galatia. Uh, that's the, the region uh, that he wrote the book Galatians. Okay, over here, eventually he made his way, and I'll talk about this in a, mi- in a minute, he made his way over into Greece, and he went to cities like Thessalonica and Corinth, and like, this is Athens, and this is Sparta. Pfft. Okay, he didn't go to Sparta, but I had to get that in there because I was... A nerd. And um, over here, this is important, is Rome. And the reason this is important, that Rome is part of all of this, is because this is where Paul ends his journey. He began his journey over here in Asia Minor, but he ends ultimately being imprisoned and ultimately executed in Rome for his faith. He was executed for his faith. And I think that's kind of an interesting irony that Paul was executed for his faith when he was beginning his journey by trying to execute other Christians for theirs. So, At one point, uh, Paul was over here and spending his time in Turkey, but then when he was in a city called Troas, he got this vision, uh, God-given vision of a man from Macedonia. The man from Macedonia pleaded with Paul, come over here, please bring us the gospel. We need the, the hope of Jesus. We need the truth. And so he and his companions, Silas and Timothy and Luke was with him at that point, they crossed over the Aegean Sea and they made their way into Europe. That's, that's the big shift that happened. And when they were in Europe, the very first city they put up shop in was Philippi. I-L-I-P-P-I. I want to say, never mind. Okay, Philippi. So that's where Philippi is. This was the first time that the gospel had come to Europe. And so here's what happened. You can actually, I'm going to go over here, guys. All right, here we go. Guys, in Acts 16, you can read all about what happened in Philippi. And so if you want to read it later, I'll just tell you the story. It's because it's kind of crazy. Paul and his dudes, they get to Philippi and they start looking for uh, the synagogue. Is there a synagogue here? Turns out there was not. Synagogues were where Jewish people would worship together. But you had to have a certain number of Jewish people in a city uh, to be able to, to have a synagogue. And so The reason that's significant is because for the first time, Paul is going to a a, a city that does not have a significant Jewish population. But he is able to find some Jewish people. There's some women that meet together and pray down by a river. And so he goes and he, he meets them and starts telling them about Jesus. In that group, there's a woman who is likely a Gentile named Lydia. Lydia was a purple cloth merchant, and purple cloth is like an extreme luxury item. So she was pretty wealthy, pretty well-to-do, but for whatever reason, she was praying with these Jewish women. She was devoted to God. And so Paul tells them about Jesus. Lydia decides to have her entire household baptized by Paul, and then she invites them over to her house, and she insists, you got to come stay at my house, stay at my house. Finally, they, they relent, they go and stay at their house, and that is how the church in Philippi was born, in the house of this wealthy Gentile cloth merchant. 
So they're there, they're preaching the gospel, they're teaching everybody about what it means to follow Jesus, and every day they'd go back and forth to the river, and as they were going, there was this young girl, well, we don't know how old she was, but she was possessed by some kind of spirit or demon that somehow allowed her to tell fortunes, so she was a fortune teller, and she made her owners a ton of money because she would tell people's fortunes and they'd pay the owners and and stuff like that. Well, every time they walked by her, she would say, uh, these men are, I can't remember exactly, but basically saying like, these men are servants of the Most High God and they're, they're gonna tell you how to get salvation. And somehow it annoyed Paul. I don't know what the reason was, but he was kind of frustrated that she kept yelling this out day after day. So finally, he just goes to her and he says, in the name of Jesus, come out of her. And the spirit did. So great news for the girl. She's no longer possessed, but now her owners don't have any money. They're not getting the money from her. And so they're upset. They get some locals together and they take Paul and his friend Silas and they beat them with rods in the the streets of Philippi. They beat them with rods and they throw them in jail. Okay, and it's like, whoa, things took a turn. All of a sudden, Philippi isn't such a great place anymore. That night, around midnight, Paul and Silas were up singing hymns, teaching the other prisoners when there was this huge earthquake and all the doors flew open and all the shackles fell off of their hands. So clearly some sort of supernatural thing was going on. The guard uh, was so upset about this that he said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill myself. I can't, I can't, I let all my prisoners go through this earthquake. Obviously, the gods are displeased with me, so he pulls out his sword to kill himself. But Paul says, whoa, 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 whoa. You don't need to do that. We're all still here. For whatever reason, they all decided to stay. And so this jailer is like, I don't, what, what, do, I, what do I do? And Paul's like, let me tell you about how to be saved. And let me tell you about Jesus. And he leads the jailer to Jesus and the jailer and his entire household get baptized. And then it says that the jailer began to wash Paul and Silas's wounds himself. Amazing. So, Suddenly, this jailer is now a part of this church in Philippi and his family. So the next morning, uh, Paul and Silas are going to be let go. The, the local officials are like, no, just let them let go. Let them go out quietly. And then Paul drops the mic and he says, is it okay for you guys to beat and uh, imprison without a trial someone who is a Roman citizen? What? And it was like, boom. It was like, mic drop. Everybody was like, oh no, what have we done? Because in Philippi, being a Roman citizen was a very big deal deal okay now look Rome's way over here right Philippi's all the way over here and yet Philippi played a significant role in the history of Rome because there was the battle of Philippi about 40 years before Jesus was born where the guys that execute or that assassinated Julius Caesar fought against Julius Caesar's dudes they had this big civil war and the ultimate battle happened at Philippi and That is why Philippi became a Roman colony after that, where the Romans would send their their retired generals and stuff to go and live a life of luxury. And they actually had a unique uh, status for the city of Philippi Philippi called Ius Italicum, which would mean Latin law or or Italian law. And what it meant is that the, the soil of Philippi was actually considered Roman soil. So if you were in Philippi and you were a citizen of Rome, you were practically as good as being in Rome itself. And you could see that influencing their whole culture. They thought of citizenship with Rome being a significant thing. They thought of uh, worshiping Caesars, worshiping the, the you know, temple cult of, of Caesar was a big deal. And so being Roman, even though we are all the way over in Philippi, was a really significant deal. And you see that in the letter. So suffice it to say, uh, they, they, after being released from jail, after humiliating the public officials, Paul and Silas go back to Lydia's house for one last goodbye, and then they make their way out. After they left, uh, you know, a few things happened. He revisited Philippi later, but then he got imprisoned, maybe in Rome, 
Maybe in Ephesus, we don't know, but Paul was imprisoned and the Philippian church came together, got some money together, and was able to support him financially while he was in prison. So suffice it to say, Paul loves these guys. He loves these guys. He's absolutely blown away with them. He loves their generosity. He loves how much they love, how much compassion they have. And you see that all throughout the letter. You see references to, to Roman citizenship. You see references to Paul's love for them. And you see his ultimate heart for the church in Philippi of what I said before. He longs for them to grow in their love, to continue having their love overflow and he longs for them to continue growing and, and, and learning what it means to follow Jesus because he started the journey with them and he longed for them to continue it. Let me show you what I mean. Let's look at one little passage of, of Philippians here and I'm just gonna read this to you in Philippians 1, verse three, right at the beginning of the letter. This is how Paul talks to that, that beautiful, diverse congregation in Philippi filled with cloth merchants and Jewish widows and, and young slave girls maybe and jail prisoner guards and all that stuff listen to this he says this every time I think of you I give thanks to my God whenever I pray I make my requests for all of you with joy for you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now and I'm certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So it is right that I should feel as I do about all of you for you have a special place in my heart. You share with me the special favor of God both in my imprisonment and in defending and confirming the truth of the good news. God knows how much I love you and long for you with the tender compassion of Christ Jesus. That tender compassion word in Greek, it's, it, it's like a word that says from my guts. Like I so deeply love and com- have compassion on you guys. That's how I feel about you. He goes on, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding for I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ for this will bring much glory and praise to God. So he says to the church in Philippi that his deepest wish, his prayer, is that their love would continue to overflow, overflow more and more. Not just love for themselves, but love for their neighbors, love for for others, uh, love for their community. And then he prays that they would keep on growing. Their love would overflow and that they would keep on growing in their knowledge and understanding about what really matters. What really matters. I love the way he puts it a little bit later. He ends his letter saying essentially the same thing as keep on growing. In in verse eight, he says that he wants them to fix their eyes. Fix your eyes. Uh, Chapter four, verse, verse eight. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and and lovely and admirable think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise keep putting into practice all that you learned and received from me everything you heard from me and saw me doing then the god of peace will be with you so love will overflow keep on growing those are his prayers for the church in philippi and grace church can i just say this those are my prayers for you 
Those are my prayers for you. I want you as as an individual and as a church to grow in your love for one another. I want this to be a time in our life as a church that we are known for the love that we have for one another and for our community. We are taking an act of self-giving love right now by continuing to worship virtually right now. It is an act of self-giving love and I long for us to grow in our willingness to sacrifice for the sake of those around us. So let's continue to be a community of love. And friends, I want us to continue growing, growing in our knowledge, growing in our understanding of Jesus, not because it's some ritualistic thing we're supposed to do to be good people, no, because it will change us and allow us to experience the best possible life. That's my prayer for you. And so here's what I'm gonna ask. I want you to think right now, as you look ahead to 2021, what really matters? What really matters to you? Because that is what really matters to me. That, that God would take you and shape you and transform you to look like his son. That's what matters. So let's let this be a year that matters. And we can start by committing to read this book together. I know reading the Bible can seem like a chore, but I believe that if we do it together, if we read Philippians and study it as a community, as a spiritual family, we will start to experience some of that knowledge and understanding that Paul's talking about. And that we, just as Paul says, will experience fruit. Here's my prayer for you. May you, Grace Church, in 2021, may you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. And that, friends, that is what really matters.